Hey everyone, thanks for joining us this week for another edition of Paper Boys. We have an exciting paper for you this week about sunspots and whales getting stranded. Yeah, this is one of those like crazy, you know, James swears he saw it on XKCD kind of correlations, um, but it turns out it's actually true. And I was pretty interested to hear uh, that there are actually scientists studying whales and space in the same building. Yeah. Uh, the correlation is pretty crazy, and the fact that they were able to even start to break down the problem to understand why sunspots might be correlating with whales getting stranded um, was really impressive and inspiring. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to Paper Boys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm your host today, James, along with Charlie. How's it going, Charlie? Hello, James. It's going uh, quite well. Quite swimmingly? It's going swimmingly. That's a very uh, good adjective for today's episode. Yes. Today... Why don't you tell the listeners at home why that's a good adjective, James? Well, Charlie, thanks for asking. Today, we have special episode about gray whales and solar storms what how could those things be related turns out they're very highly correlated well at least (laughs) some actions of gray whales okay and that's surprising so people thought it was exciting to write about i yeah i mean i'm already like struggling to think what this could really be Uh, yeah when i first saw the headline i was like i wasn't really sure what to expect but it turns out that gray whales are a species of whale that often get stranded on ocean shores because they swim when they do these like 10,000 mile long migrations each year, they have to swim pretty close to the shore. And the years when there are, is more solar activity, people have been calculating that there's a higher correlation of gray whales that get beached or stranded on the the shore wait what this this sounds like one of those correlation not causation kind of like classic examples i know like i kind of feel like i've seen an xkcd comic about this where it's like beach whales versus sunspots yeah i i I thought it was a joke at first honestly but it's not it's it's okay all right well uh you certainly piqued my interest i'm curious what headlines were popping up about this i mean i'm no longer i'm not surprised at all why this is being covered but so some of the headlines are from weather.com explosions on the sun might be causing earth's whales to strand and die Ugh. that actually sounds it makes it sound like way cooler even than it already sounded pretty intense and pretty morbid yeah also a little bit wrong but CNN says, why solar storms from space may blind and strand whales. New York Times said, sunspots and stranded whales, a bizarre correlation. They can say that again. Yeah, you said it, New York Times. And USA Today, solar storms may cause whale strandings, study reports. Pretty bland headline, USA Today. Pretty bland and actually missed the entire point of the article. But Really? <laughs> well, it's been known for a while that there's this correlation. 
this paper dove in to the next step. Wait, 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 wait. So you weren't kidding when you said that you've seen this before, like solar storms and whales stranding. No, 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 I wasn't kidding. But I actually thought I had seen it as an XKCD joke correlation comic. I mean, it, it like for all we know, it, it probably is. But but what you're saying is that this is not a new discovery. This is like an investigation into an already known fact. This is a further, like further level of discovery. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Why don't we just dive in? Because like a I feel like each new each new sentence that you've said has like confused me slightly more. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll and that's smooth. not a knock against you. It's just I mean that like it sounds like there's a lot going on here that has been slightly teased out by each headline that was read. I'll uh, I'll smooth everything over. Okay. Before I do that, <laughs> it's worth mentioning that the actual authors of the journal article that's getting so much attention. The lead author is I think it's Jess Granger in the Department of Biology at Duke. There's also Lucianne Walkovitz. At, who's part of the Adler Planetarium in Chicago. And the other two authors are Robert Vitek and Sunka Johnson, also in biology at Duke. And the title of the paper Double is doubles. Gray Whales Strand More Often on Days with Increased Levels of Atmospheric Radiofrequency Noise. Okay. Now you've introduced another level of confusion. Atmospheric radiofrequency noise. Yes. Doesn't does sound... Yeah, okay. Just more confusing. I just wanted to confuse okay. everybody. There's so many things going on here. Okay, so let's start step one. Gray whales are mammals that live in the ocean, and they're wait, known wait, wait. for having up. some... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ...of the longest migrations uh, on the planet. They tend to migrate 10 to almost 12,000 miles each year. And Whoa. you can imagine this is like this could at times be a perilous activity. Also very challenging to navigate. <laughs> it's not hard to imagine that that's perilous. <laughs> yeah, um, they travel 12,000 miles a year. It's a little bit dangerous. <laughs> Navigating without a compass or a GPS in yeah, the ocean. Muggers. There are sharks. Sharks are way scarier than muggers. Actually, I don't know about that. but <laughs> <laughs> They're on par. Yeah. Same order of magnitude. So one of the things that have made them a very interesting species to discover or to research is we don't really know and understand fully how they're able to navigate. There aren't many visual clues when you're swimming in the ocean. So scientists have long suspected that they, like other animals, can somehow sense Earth's magnetic field to navigate mm, yeah. and get to where they're going. Don't like birds do that for migration? Birds. This paper also cited something about moths doing that whoa i thought moths just flew into anything that was bright <laughs> apparently with a good sense of direction yeah <laughs> okay so you have whales on the one hand on the other hand you have space weather the, the classic battle <laughs> whales versus space long yeah as the legends of there's another hitchhiker's guide reference there in there that you again wouldn't understand i'm all i'm like 40 pages in. <laughs> okay. I just need to finish it. Okay. Oh, yeah, there is something in that book about whales, right? Yeah, a whale that pops into existence up in space and falls down onto the planet. Okay. Not there yet. Thanks for the spoiler. <laughs> so, okay. Whales migrate. The space 
weather is also changing. So space weather, uh, you have to think about weather occurring on Earth. You get rain some days, clear days and other times. Oftentimes you think about space as just being this vacuum where nothing's happening. But the sun is super reactive. And so uh, when there's sunspots or these like explosions on the surface of the sun, they eject tons of charged particles often towards Earth and they affect a lot of the like the environment around Earth, including Earth's magnetic field. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they started looking at this. Like who was the first person to be like, well, let's look at the number of sunspots and the number of gray whales that are getting stranded on beaches. And let's just see if there's a correlation. But someone did. Yeah, I don't really know like what scientist would have access to both of those pieces of data. No. Or would it, be looking at both of them closely enough. But sunspot data has been recorded for a long time. And there's a pretty good database of whale strandings. So people have started looking at that. And it turns out they actually correlate pretty well. That's pretty significant. Like how well? How? What's the... I don't know. Can you just say more about that? I don't really even know the right question to ask. So in this paper... The first step that they did was to use a data set from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, that dates back to 1985 and found 186 gray whales that were stranded, healthy whales that were stranded. So they weren't, they didn't strand on the beach because they were emaciated or injured or anything like that. Like a healthy whale that shouldn't be stranded was stranded on the beach. And then they looked at sunspot data. Wait, sorry, that was 186 since 1980, whatever? Uh, in this data set that NOAA has collected. Okay. 186 different whales. Um, they also looked at the number of sunspots that had occurred uh, over the same time period. And they did um, some statistical analysis and with a p-value less than... Point zero 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 one. they found that these two occurrences correlate to each other wait but i i still am like confused when you say they correlate like like meaning that they have like each instance was happening at the same time or it yeah. was like in a year that had more sunspots there were more whale strandings or was it like when there was a sunspot on that day it was more likely to have a whale that stranded. A day when there was more sunspots, there was a higher likelihood of a whale being stranded. Okay, that's crazy. So like yes. it's actually happening like same time. Yes, yes. I mean, this is like in time synchronized basically. Okay, that's very surprising. And now I understand why this data was noticed. NOAA is the perfect... Like at, earlier when I asked what scientists would be looking at these two pieces of data, NOAA is like the only organization that I would imagine that would look at these two pieces of data simultaneously because they study the ocean and they have satellites in space. Yeah, Susan's over there like waiting for her next folder of whale data and someone accidentally drops the file of sunspot data and she's like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like these people are in the same building. So yeah. That's actually a really good point. Okay, so does that make a little bit more sense, at least just that this correlation exists? 
Well, yes. The fact that it exists now makes sense to me. So on days with more sunspots, more whales get stranded during their migration period. And so like you said, it was like 186 whales or something. And that's over a period of how long? Do you know? This is over a period of 33 years. They have data. It doesn't mean that there have only been 186 stranded whales during that period. Right. But 186 whales that Noah happened to count and that meet their criteria of being healthy whales that should normally be navigating correctly. And then how many sunspots are happening? Like that's a ton, right? The sunspot count is uh, between zero to over 150. In 30 years or per day? Uh, In the day. Okay. So there's tons of sunspots and uh, not very many whales. So you can't just like reliably like say like, oh, there's more sunspots today. So we're going to have more whale strandings. It's more like it's more like this vague increased likelihood kind of thing yes yes like over over the average you know over a long scale yeah there's some statistical distribution that's associated with it okay sorry i've i've belabored the point probably too much go on (laughs) i'm very curious to hear like why this is now so the author the first author jess granger had a nice analogy then talk about like what's the real contribution of this work because it's been known and documented in previous studies that there's this correlation between whale strandings and sunspots so she said is it that the solar storms are pushing the magnetic field around and giving the whales incorrect information for example the whale thinks it is on fourth street but is actually on eighth or is it that the solar storms are messing up the receptor itself That's the sensor within the whale's head that detects the magnetic field. The whale thinks it is on 4th Street, but has just gone blind. Well, which is it? Well, I mean, I could tell you in the episode's over, but you got to dive in and talk about what it could be. Okay, so, so, so so what she's trying to investigate here is, are they detecting, are they detecting something that the sunspot threw out that makes them think that makes them think something that's not true or is the sunspot itself actually like damaging their ability to even know where they are Those yeah are the, kind of the two the two ends of it that she said yeah like if you're trying to navigate around and then suddenly someone walks up and shines a bright light in your eyes and you're like drop your phone and you're like not sure where to go yeah like if i'm a moth <laughs> uh i i start flying around the zapper because i think it's the sun that that's the first example but then if I hit the zapper, it now impedes my ability to fly. Charlie, your example by killing me. Flat. Well, okay. But I like it. But yeah, exactly that. <laughs> okay. So So how do they how do they try to parse this out? That's a great question. So they tried to come up with two different um measurements that they could compare with. So Basically, they wanted to say, is the effect due to disrupted features of Earth's magnetic field, the bad map, or a disruption of the animal's receptor, bad companies? So they looked at something called the solar radio flux, which is an average measurement of the radio frequency noise at 2.8 gigahertz. So this is a frequency that's slightly above the like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi frequencies that we use. Mm-hmm. And they use this because it's reliably recorded 
and it's been recorded for the longest period of time. So there's a lot of data that they could look at. And further, previous scientific studies have shown that RF noise affects several different animals in their navigation, including birds. So looking at this measure was sort of a proxy for determining whether the whale's receptor might be disrupted. Okay. The second thing they looked at to see uh, to test the bad math hypo- bad map hypothesis was the app index. The it's like AP dash index, which is a measure of the displacement of Earth's magnetic field, and this is measured quite regularly too, and is a proxy for the accuracy of the magnetic information available to whales. And is that related to sunspots? They have found that, yeah, solar storms affect the app index and actually, like, displace Earth's magnetic fields. I see. Okay, so it pushes the magnetic field around, which makes it harder for them to figure out where to go. Yes. Yep. Okay. And, drumroll. <laughs> yeah. What they found was that strandings occurred much more often on days with high RF noise, with a p-value again, less than 0.0001, and strandings did not happen more often on days with a higher app index. Really? Yes. So it's just like a bunch of radio frequency like static in the air that causes them to get confused? Well, RF noise accounts for the strandings much more than the app index does. Okay. That's... Man, it's like, it's, it's crazy to think about like, we we're sitting in these respective rooms with like tons of RF noise bouncing around us all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the amount of 2,800 megahertz signal bouncing around us right now is probably extreme or not that, but maybe like 2,400 megahertz. Yeah. Not like that Wi-Fi far. or something like and it's insane. And we, and we don't and like 900 yeah, megahertz. We don't like and... feel it or like hear it or. It doesn't confuse us. No. It kind of makes you think like what is happening in like a whale's head? What can it detect that would make that kind of signal as faint as it probably is like confused? Yeah. Think about the poor birds (laughs) that were just black. I mean, you know, I say that I don't actually know if our Wi-Fi signal affects birds, but like. It is interesting, and like sonar that the Navy uses is known to really affect whales. Like it's so oh, high power, really? it like blows them up. Oh man, the pressure wave like I mean, kills them. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, but I can also like understand that. Like I have ears. Yeah, and like you know, I know what that would feel like. Not good. This whole like RF noise thing is a little more confusing to me. So um, is are they like sure that that's what it is, or do they look at other possible sources? Um, yeah. So a logical question is: okay, could maybe RFs affect them, but maybe RF is just this RF noise is just correlated with something else, or there's another factor that's accounting for these strandings. So they looked at the what they called the multicollinearity between the RF noise and the app index along with season the pacific decadal oscillation or pdo which is a parameter that encapsulates climate variability that could occur like for el nino 
and a few other factors, and they found that there was no multicollinearity between these variables. Mm. So, yes, no multicollinearity, of course. <laughs> why, why don't you explain for the folks at home who might not know what that means? They basically found that the, for the other factors that they tested, they did not contribute to the strandings. They, they did not account for the strandings that they witnessed. It's the sunspots, number of sunspots, that best describes the number of strandings. Huh, okay. So, like, I mean, when you're talking about, like, maybe RF noise is correlated with other things, and then you're talking about how birds get confused by RF noise, mm -hmm. you know, is it possible, I'm just saying, when there's more RF noise, the birds get confused, <laughs> and so the birds land because they're like look we can't go out flying tonight there's too much noise we're gonna have to put this off till tomorrow you know i know we got a big day ahead but let's just rest up here on the beach the whales are all hungry and there's more birds on the beach so the whales start going at it and you're more likely to get stranded when you're eating these confused birds i mean do you think that's great, valid it's a great idea i don't think they tested for that so I can't mm. say for sure. I should go into marine biology. You should go into marine biology. That is space, the... space marine biology. Yes, space marine biology, space whales. Yeah. In case I mean, I'm I'm like joking, but also like, you know, the the kernel of of truth in that statement is like, can they ever really be sure? Like, wh what would it take for them to determine that? The RF noise is breaking the compass in the whale. I mean, we really need to understand the compass better. We still don't even know what the compass is. Hmm. Like, from at least for the from what I know about whales, which really isn't that much. I should talk to a whale specialist. But I think this there was no indication in the paper that we have a very good idea of what the mechanism or receptor is in whales. So hmm. understanding that, you know, you could think of doing some tests with whales exposed to RF noise, which I'm not advocating for. But you basically need to come up with some proxy test to see what it's sensitive to. Yeah, whales must be very hard to study. Like, I mean, I know that we have whales in captivity, but A, they probably don't behave in captivity nearly the same way that they do in the wild. Mm -hmm. And B, I don't know what, like if they have good you know, he, with humans, like we study mice or chimps or whatever, and we can understand humans better. Is there an equivalent for whales that they could do that with? I mean, if you don't even know what type of sensor you're looking for here, then how do you even know what animal to study? Like, no, it's really hard. Yeah, I think that is the answer. And they're hard to like instrument. And we also just have a lot of affinity for whales. So like, we don't want to do anything that harms them. Yeah, save the whales. Save the but. If we Literally. understand their compass, then we could save the whales better. Yes. But where maybe we should blow up the sun. The sun is stranding the whales. Yeah, it's a stupid sun. It's a stupid sun. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was interesting to read this paper. It's, um, I recommend it. It's open access if you're interested. It's two pages. So, a very quick, a very quick read. And so I'm... Yeah, I mean, this is still, like, really interesting. I'm not sure that I... I think, like, I would need to see more to be like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, it's, it. this is still a really cool observation, but it's not... Um, it doesn't, like, tie a bow on it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't really 
tell us why? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't tell us why. It tells us more what and definitely like narrows it down and bounds the problem more. Mm-hmm. But I am interested to see if it kind of opens up opens up some more research into it. I'm curious if like you at the beginning you said some of these headlines I think you said like one of them was just wrong. Uh, I'm curious like what, you know, if they took this as neatly or if they had a critical eye or whatever. Well, I guess what, you know, we talked about this. It's like researchers have known for a while and about this correlation between sunspots and whale strandings. So that was not the like main purpose of the paper. The main purpose of the paper was to go one step further so a lot of the headlines are just reporting that sunspots may be causing whales to get stranded. And so that's not like, that part is not really news. I mean, it is news to like people who don't know about whales and sunspots like me. Yeah, like us. But uh, it's not new science though. It's, it's yeah, it's over, it's glossing over what they really found. And it, as the title of the paper mentions, that it's really the RF noise that correlates better with the strandings versus the distortions in the magnetic field that from the app index. And so yeah, I see. it's just, I don't know. It, it's not that they're wrong. It's just they're not highlighting the real findings. Yeah, it's more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Big surprise. News headlines are not nuanced. True. I shouldn't be upset. Well, I think the I think we should be upset. I think that you know, why should we why should we come to accept that the news is not really like accurate just because it hasn't been accurate before. True. Yeah. I just want everybody to read this paper. Yeah. Well, you said it's two pages, open access. We'll post it on the website, paperboyspodcast.com. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Yeah, I mean and I got the feeling reading about it. They talked about it a little bit, I think, in the CNN article that the person who was working at the Adler Planetarium had reached out to these folks at Duke who were studying whales and whale strandings. And so I get the feeling this was just sort of an interesting collaboration piece. Um, I, I forget who reached out to who, but sort of like a first look at the data. Let's see what we find. So hopefully yeah, there's some interesting cool. follow-up work. That'd be like a really fun email to get. Yeah. And be like, yeah, sure. I'll collaborate on that. (laughs) Yeah. This would be like a fun data set in a statistics class. Be like sunspots, whales, and like dig through and tell me what you find. And you could see which students are like bullshitting and not doing the work. Yeah, totally. You never predict. I don't know. Well, now this is making me wonder if like Jess Granger, like is, is this... Or any of these four authors, like, is this their, you know, PhD work? Like, is this is this the topic that they've devoted, like, uh, this particular couple years of their life, you know, exclusively to? Or is this, like, a little side, so, little side like, fun project? So, Jess Granger is a graduate student at Duke University studying the application of mathematical and physical methods to biological systems. So... Hmm. I'd be curious to see what her uh, her doctoral work ends up being. Seems yeah. like a great start, though. We should get her on for a grad student highlight. Yes. We'll have to reach out to her. Uh, well, cool. Thanks for covering that. Yeah. Always happy to learn more about whales. 
Yeah, our, and space. Our fishy friends. Our fishy friends. Everyone, please, uh, Here's here comes the advertisement for the day. Please go check out our Patreon. We had a bonus episode this month about tectonic plates. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I mean, I say this about every bonus episode, but I like love diving into it. Every, the most bo- recent bonus episode is always my favorite bonus episode. Yeah, but this one is especially your favorite. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Oh my God, James. <laughs> no, it, it's super interesting. I think uh, the science is interesting because it's one of those uh, instances where it's like, if you look at a map, you're like the continents fit together, but the actual science to prove that that's the case is really hard and insanely difficult like one person cannot do that and one person tried yeah and and kind of got like shouted down yeah so it's also a fascinating study not only for its scientific merit but also in its analysis of how society shapes how we interact with science and what hypotheses and theories really come to the forefront yeah totally it took 50 years for this theory to be accepted Mm -hmm. and and it's only been 50 years since it was accepted. Like, I totally took that for granted. Like, yeah. When, you know, like, when our parents were born, like, this wasn't really probably even taught in school yet. No. So it's fun. I thought we had a good discussion about it, too. So if you're interested, please check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash paperboyspod. And thank you for joining us. And please join us next week for another exciting edition of Paperboys. Thanks for listening.